0: Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. One, never underestimate your opponent, expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside, never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. And three, be nice. To Three Guys in a Flick, this is where we review the good, the bad, and the absurd. Tonight's episode, Roadhouse. Beware, spoilers. Coming to you live from the Double Deuce, my name is Don. And to my right, we have our comic book guy, John. I thought you'd be bigger. That's what she said. And to my left, we have the professor, Ken. How's it going, Mijo? I like it. Uh, tonight, we are talking about Roadhouse. We are in round three of the three guys' search for the greatest 80s action movie ever made. Speaking of round, what would you think of those roundhouse kicks? I loved all of the kicks in this flick.
1: I dug the roundhouse kicks. They They were a long time
2: coming. Yeah, for sure. I guess he worked with an actual kickbox champion to learn those roundhouse kicks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, he practices a bunch of different styles of martial arts or as the character of Dalton. And I got to tell you, right off the bat, he is probably one of the coolest protagonists we have on this list of 10. Hands down. Right? I mean, he is a cool motherfucker.
2: We'll, but we'll get to that. He's our philosopher fighter. There you go. There you go.
0: What did he have, a, a minor?
2: He majored in philosophy at NYU.
1: Now, arguably... I think that you could make a point that perhaps he is one of the coolest, but is Wade cooler than Dalton?
0: You know what? Mm. You bring up a really good question, and I guess we can get into that right now. I'm going to have to say no. I think Dalton is cooler than Wade.
2: I don't know. I always feel like the mentor is always one step above the trainee. And... Or Wade was obviously the mentor of Dalton and taught him supposedly everything he knows. So that's why I kind of side. I don't know, Professor, if that's where you're going. I side with Wade as being cooler.
1: Of course you do, sir. I was just bringing up the point that it is something that we could go back and forth on. Who is cooler, Dalton or Wade?
2: I'm telling you, it's Dalton. You put (laughs) Sam Elliott in any movie and he comes out as one of the coolest characters.
0: Oh, agreed. I mean, I'm not saying he's not fucking cool in this movie. I mean, Wade Garrett is pretty fucking cool. Um, Where is he cooler
1: than this movie? Tombstone. He's pretty badass in Tombstone.
2: Um, I was going to say Mask.
0: Mask, he plays a really good role. For sure. For sure.
2: Actually, I was thinking uh, Big Lebowski playing God. You mean the Traveler? The Traveler. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, he's really good in The Traveler.
1: Yeah, there's one other role that I have uh, him in where he is a tough-as-nails, just steel-hard soldier, and we were soldiers with Mel Gibson as his sergeant. And I thought that he epitomizes what uh, a, a, a U.S. sergeant would be in, you know, just being a bad ass. Right. So I think that he is perfectly cast as Wade because I just dig him every second he's on the screen. I, I, I love his character.
0: Absolutely. And it just came to me. Uh, he's in that show on Paramount, 1886, that spinoff from the Yellowstone show. And he is fucking phenomenal in that as a old-timey, old-west cowboy. And that's kind of how I like my Sam Elliott.
2: Did you see him in A Star is Born? As Bradley Cooper's brother? Yeah. No, he was fucking great. I thought he, he, again, kind of stole the show in that movie.
1: I think part of what does it is that gravelly voice of his.
2: Yeah. And just his mere presence. He's you know, so he, good on
1: screen.
0: Yeah. Every time he pops up anywhere, you're just like, oh, it's Sam Elliott. It's pretty fucking good.
2: I saw yeah. an interview with him once that when he first got into Hollywood, he absolutely hated Westerns and didn't want to be involved in Westerns, and... His career has basically been based on a Western-type character.
1: Oh, for sure. Well, part of it's that bushy mustache of his. But I digress. Let's get back to Dalton.
0: <laughs> this movie was released on May 19, 1989. It was directed by Rowdy Harrington. Screenplay by David Lee Henry and Hilary Henkin. Story by David Lee Henry. It stars Patrick Swayze, Ben Gazzara, Kelly Lynch, Sam Elliott, Kevin Tye, Marshall Teague, and
2: a bunch of other actors. Before we go any farther, I feel like there's somebody else that we need to call out as being one of the most important roles in this movie.
0: I swear to God, dude, if you say the polar bear, I'm going to no. kick you off this fucking show.
2: I am going to say Patrick Swayze's hair. Well, it's probably, probably the best mullet hairdo of any movie I can think of. <sighs> Is that yeah. the haircut you've been trying to do all this time? if i had enough hair yes i would rock that
0: i'm gonna say yes and no because though it is beautiful and luscious and i wish i had patrick swayze hair from roadhouse it's inconsistent and it keeps changing throughout the movie and it takes me it it irritates me
2: who had better rambo or dalton
0: oh fuck you dude that is a very hard question well, I'm sorry. Am I sweating? Uh, <laughs> I uh, I
2: I don't fucking know. I guess in interviews uh, between Kelly Lynch and Patrick Swayze, they would argue who had to use more hairspray. Apparently, he hated it, and he was really excited when the movie ended that he pretty much shaved off, you know, and went with the shorter look after that. Yeah, I could see him hating the mullet.
0: I, on the other hand, have always you know wanted long hair, but. My hair's too, or was too thick that it just never looked right. So I never got to have long hair.
2: I could see the professor with a Patrick Swayze mullet.
0: Oh, for sure. With a jean jacket, uh, cut off sleeves. Uh, Do you watch Stranger Things season four? Oh yeah. Eddie, that jacket, right? For sure. (laughs) Professor, you badass. Thanks.
1: So 1989, this is a big cinematic year. How much did it make again?
0: Uh, this movie was made for $15 million, and it brought in $62 million. That is number 40 in the
1: list of top grossing movies for 89. Um, I could see that. 89 was a big year. It was a big year. Batman? Batman's number one. Lethal Weapon number two? Number three. Number two was number
0: three. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop. No, that was 87. Where were we? 89? Dun, 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 dun. oh uh indiana jones and the last crusade yep Thank that's you, number sir. three yep um i'm doing this by memory folks yeah i'm i'm, I'm darn impressed that's good uh wait how, how many have i gotten three four
1: you got the top three okay and then uh wasn't
0: cocoon all right hit me
1: shrunk the uh, honey i shrunk the kids rain man uh look who's talking ghostbusters 2 back to the future 2 parenthood And Dead Poet Society.
0: I remember that year in movies
2: so vividly. Because it was a really big year. So besides being an action movie, do you see the Western elements in this movie? Sure. Yeah. I guess Swayze and the director and the writers, they wanted to make it a modern day Western. And that's why they named a lot of the characters after actual Western people. You know, like Wade Garrett is named after Pat Garrett. Doc obviously Doc Holiday. Emmett or uh, Dalton is after Emmett Dalton of the Dalton Gang. So there was a lot of Western elements. It's supposed to be you know the drifter comes in the town and cleans up the town to take out the bad guy who's trying to run things.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, you can see it. it it's definitely buried in there. Funny thing about Dalton that was going to be Keenan's name.
1: Keenan was going to be named after Dalton from Roadhouse.
0: Yes. No shit. Yeah. But I lost that fight, and well, he's Keenan, so you're welcome, buddy. You're welcome. Well, his brother's named
2: after a fucking superhero. I was gonna say you won the battle with the first kid, second kid. I'm talking about Logan, right? He's the second kid. Oh, sorry, I get him backwards.
0: <laughs>
1: so, do you, do either one of you, Yahoos, recall what kind of sort of makes the
0: elements of a Western a Western? uh no but i'm sure you're going to remind
1: us but if you think about it for just a few moments what is it that makes a western a western if you were to talk about
0: roadhouse being potentially a western lawlessness a sense of lawlessness uh, a drifter coming in and saving the town yeah and 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 you're on your own you're on i'll your say own. the odds
2: are stacked against you the odds are stacked. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so
1: country
0: music yeah, there was. Country Western bar. There was that, indeed. I definitely got the Country Western vibe from the Double Deuce in the beginning. But then he tried to turn it into like a nightclub-y Double Deuce mm-hmm. toward the end. So yeah. And we'll get to that.
1: So what else did this director direct? Rowdy Harrington. What else was he known for? Uh, not much, I don't think.
2: I guess his next biggest movie was Gladiator next biggest
1: movie oh so glad, so row is number 1 and gladiator is number 2
2: well I, that's why i heard like the next success that he had was with gladiator yeah he
1: only had a couple of directing credits but his far and away his his shining accomplishment was
0: gladiator uh, you guys know that's the 1993 Gladiator with Cuba mm-hmm. Gooding Jr. and some white guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Or James Marshall. That's his name. Okay. Just making sure because there is another Gladiator movie out I there thought that, the did, same thing. that did pretty well. Mm-hmm. So I just um uh Did you guys ever see that Gladiator? I did don't remember i remember I, seeing it in the theater i very well could no, have you know
2: one of those blockbuster rentals i yeah. guess he also had a movie in 1993 called striking distance i heard with bruce that.
0: willis and sarah jessica oh i remember parker. that one that did yeah. pretty well i guess yeah, uh, yeah. He, uh, willis is kind of like a port authority cop or something yeah, like that yeah yeah boats yeah i think it's sarah jessica parker
1: oh that sounds right yeah okay did you see who the producer is on this
0: on this film yeah
1: no joel silver oh
0: i did and i i I did that last night when i was watching it his name's in pink and i'm like joel silver because you know if it's 80s in action and 90s in action oh yeah joel silver for sure uh what other joel silver movie was in the theaters in 1989 uh let's see lethal weapon 2 lethal weapon 2 speaking of criteria for things Uh, Just to go over real quick the criteria for our search for the greatest 80s action movie. The criteria is a muy macho hero with quotable one-liners played by a recognizable star. An over-the-top villain. A montage sequence. Over-the-top chase scenes. Epic fight scenes. A villain speech or monologue. A final showdown. And oh, crap, death for our bad guy, franchise potential, around a 90-minute runtime, and a high body count. So that's kind of what we are basing our criteria on for our greatest 80s action flick. Um, How do you feel this movie
2: racked up on all these criteria?
0: That is an excellent question, and I will just say Roadhouse is a subtle action movie and it is very much a subtle 80s action movie. Um and I think we'll get into that more as we as we dive through
2: it. I feel like when we come to action movies, there's like two kinds and you can obviously correct me if I'm wrong. There's the shoot 'em up type action movies and there's the kick-ass action movie, fighter movies. And this movie obviously leaned more towards the fighter movie. And when you focus on fighting movies, you really don't get a lot of those car chases and things like that and shootouts or a high body count when it's just a fighter movie.
0: Yeah, and and it depends on the movie. Uh, We didn't get a montage here. I don't think we really got any type of a car chase. We we did get cars blowing up. So, you know, that's...
1: You, it's in the it's in the same vein. You did have Wesley uh, swerving his car down the
0: room, the road as he's singing "Shaboom." You know how many times I've done that? A bazillion. Oh, good for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there were no car other cars on the road, but I
2: can't be for certain. So you didn't see me at all then?
0: Well, <laughs> hey man, it was Shaboom.
2: You do get a you know a monologue from our. Our bad guy, he says a few different kind of little monologues.
0: Yeah, I think overall, this film does definitely fit in the criteria of what we're looking for. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to dive into it.
1: In my opinion, I think this is pretty much uh, Patrick Swayze entering the sweet spot of his career. Because in 89, you have Roadhouse and he showcases very well here. And then the following year, you have Ghost with Demi Moore, and I thought that was a really strong Patrick Swayze movie as well. And then in 01, you have Point Break. I, I think this is kind of his
2: sweet spot, this 89, 90, 91 time. Oh, agreed, 100%. This movie made him very popular in that he was wanted for other roles, but because of injuries he sustained while making this movie, he had to turn down those other roles. Do you know what two roles he had to turn down? No, uh, what were they? He had to turn down Predator 2. He would have been the star of that movie. He also had to turn down Tango and Cash.
0: Ah,
2: and he decided to do a more laid-back movie, so his next movie was Ghost because of that.
0: Would you guys consider Patrick Swayze an action hero star?
1: He, no, he, he doesn't hit that list because, you know, this is at the time of Schwarzenegger and Stallone. You know, this is their day. And so, no, he does not come to mind necessarily. I think he's kind of like a sleeper action hero.
0: There you go. I like that. Um, I think we have another one on this list who's kind of a sleeper action hero, too. Uh, So, yeah, he doesn't fit the mold per se of an 80s action hero, but he is definitely an 80s leading man. Yeah, and he's sculpted. Oh, very much so. And he's very charming, and mm-hmm. uh, he brings Dalton to life. I, Growing up and watching this movie over and over and over again, I always remembered how fucking cool Dalton was. He's a really likable character.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'd almost say he's not of the caliber, like you were saying, of a Stallone or a Schwarzenegger. But he's got that, kind of what we talked about earlier. He's got that kind of Western drifter feel. Like he could have, you know twenty years ago starred in his own Western movies. He's just he's got that thing to him that he is, he works in that role.
0: And I'll tell you why I think this movie belongs in this discussion of best eighties action flick is because if you took Ben Richards, Marion Cobretti, and Dalton and put him into a street fight, who fucking wins?
2: That's an
0: interesting question. Well Dalton doesn't lose. I think Dalton takes them both. He's scrappy. Yeah. Yeah, and he knows he's very versed in the style of fighting, and so up until now, with what we're talking about, you know, I think Dalton would kick all both their asses. Yeah, and no matter, and matter
1: what- I fucking love Cobra, and he would roundhouse kick their asses. What you're trying to say? That's yeah. what I'm trying to
2: say. And and you know, no matter what they do to him, because pain don't hurt. Did you ever watch those uh, Family Guy clips I sent you?
0: No, but I've seen, uh, I've seen a lot of it, like when Peter uh, will get in a fight or something, he'll turn the camera and go, Roadhouse.
2: Yeah, they actually made an episode that they did a salute to Roadhouse right around the time that Patrick Swayze passed away and dedicated it to him. And I think you know, they did it in further episodes, and they are the reason why anybody sees like a you know, roundhouse kick or if you do a roundhouse kick, you got to yell Roadhouse.
0: Yeah, family guy, keeping Roadhouse relevant. So good on you, Seth MacFarlane, for sure.
1: So there was one other uh, person in this uh, uh, that I didn't see listed very high. Keith David. Yeah, he's just a bartender
0: in this. Yeah. Um, I immediately think of, I've been watching a lot of Community. I don't know if you guys have ever watched it. Anyway, he's in that. Um, but I also uh, thought
2: of The Thing.
0: Mm, totally and uh, they live
2: i was gonna say wasn't he in they live yeah with rowdy rowdy piper yeah yeah john carpenter one of both john carpenter one of the longest fight scenes in any movie
1: yeah that guy has according to imdb 349 credits acting credits that's a lot that
0: is a ton yeah and i like him as an actor i like i like what he's in so totally James Dalton is a professional cooler with a mysterious past who is enticed from his job in New York City by Frank Tillman to take over security at his own club, the Double Deuce, in Jasper, Missouri. Frank plans to invest a substantial amount of money into the club to enhance its image, and he needs a first-rate cooler to maintain stability. Handed control of all bar operations and hiring by Frank, Dalton fires multiple employees for theft and drug dealing. Can we talk about the opening? Because the opening it
1: it it says Patrick Swayze on the screen, and then the Ferrari, so wait so the Ferrari pulls into the parking. It's spot. a Ferrari
0: Testarossa, by yes. the way,
1: folks. The Ferrari pulls in and parks, and then and then we see the bottom of the car door and, and the ground, and that says Patrick Swayze. And then we see these high heels shoes hit the gr- hit the floor. Wait. Patrick Swayze is wearing high heels. Wait, And
2: that's him and a cocktail dress. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Misdirect. Misdirect. He can can pull it off too Wong Fu.
0: Absolutely. Um, I love the font style and I love the fact that it's pink. 1989. Why not? Right. So you're right. They give us this tracking shot of this blonde who goes into the bar. And does anybody know, and this is a deep pool. Does anybody know the band that's playing when they walk in?
2: I was actually wondering that.
0: Do they sound familiar at all?
2: They do sound a little familiar. The look, I couldn't tell.
0: I don't remember ever seeing the band name
1: before the movie. And so I, I don't place them. But I'm sure you're going to tell me something where they I will remember them from.
0: <laughs> you are 100% correct. Uh, I believe the... Uh- oh, shit. Now it's, I think... Okay, I don't know the name of the band. It's the same band that Robert Rodriguez uses in From Dust Till Dawn. I think it's uh, Tito oh. and the Tarantulas, and I think they do. Uh, they've done the Desperado soundtrack. I think and- that's right,
1: but that's not the right name. It's like Coreholes. But that sounds right. That that the band is also playing in. Yeah, I think it is Dust Till Dawn.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know it is because uh, the lead singer, the lead singer is in Desperado. He is one of the Money Men. And then he in from Dusk Till Dawn, he's the band leader. And he was the one that says, fuck you. Good night. And then they all explode because they turned into fucking vampires. Now, I don't believe in vampires, but I believe in my two eyes. And what I saw were vampires. So we are introduced to Dalton. And I think you kind of get a sense of who Dalton is at this point when we meet him, because he's in the bar Uh, A fight starts to break out and he goes to stop it. And the guys, I mean, he must have some sort of reputation because people just come from all over the country who want to fight this guy, right? I've read about you, Dalton. I think I can take you. And he says, outside. And it was so funny because he walks the guys outside. They're ready to fight. And he gives the greatest, most charming smile and then just walks right back
2: inside. Like, you fucking idiots. (laughs) Well, that and he gets stabbed and doesn't even flinch.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tillman, he's walking through the bar and he is, and he I, he's he's taking in how well is this place running? Is Dalton as good as I've heard he is? And we get to see this first firsthand that Dalton has a smooth running operation.
0: Yeah, we see people. You see hundred dollar bills on the tables. You see people flashing plastic. They are intentionally telling us that this club. It's being run smoothly and it's making money. And that's what ultimately Tillman wants to do. That's why he's seeking out the best. So Dalton gets cut in the process of taking this dude outside and he's upstairs sewing himself. No big deal. Yeah. Well, who else does that? Anybody? Schwarzenegger. Uh, Rambo not, does it. Rambo does it. That's what I it. Going in. I'm sure Schwarzenegger does it. I'm sure he does. So yeah, he's sewing himself up and he comes in and talks to him and you know, he, he kind of makes it a pretty sweet deal, right? He comes in. He says, I've come into some money. Will you come be my cooler? And he goes, I get uh, 5000 up front, $500 a day, and you pay all medical expenses.
2: And then also the big one is, is he makes all the rules. Yeah, he calls the shots.
0: It's my way or the highway, right? And we're still in the credits, mind you. And uh, Tillman says, great, here's your plane ticket. Save it. I don't fly. It's too dangerous. So now Dalton is going to drive to Jasper, Missouri. and
2: Real quick, when he goes to get his BMW, did you recognize where that BMW was stored?
0: No, no.
2: It's the same garage as used in 48 hours. Well, interesting.
0: I just watched 48 hours not too long ago.
2: How did it hold up?
0: Eh, eh. Like we talked in Cape Fear, I kind of have this thing with Nick Nolte. Mm. Not a huge fan. So now it's time to check out the double deuce. So uh, Dalton gets there. He walks in. He's just, you know, walking in as a spectator. And we can tell right away that this place is just fucking at the bottom of the barrel. You know, fights every night. The band is surrounded by chicken wire because, you know, shit gets thrown and it's dangerous to be in there.
2: Well, I think the singer would have had a hard time dodging the glass. Why is that? Because they come really fast at him.
0: Well, no, that's not why. You're not implying because he was blind?
2: He's blind? <laughs> For fuck's sake. Actually, <laughs> I watched this movie with Julie, and you know, I was talking about, well, that's Jeff Healy. And she goes, yeah, I remember Jeff Healy. And I said, and I said, you know why he plays the guitar like that? And she goes, why? I said, because he's blind. She goes, Jeff Healy's blind? He's been blind this whole time. I'm like, he's been blind since he was 18 months old. But he's playing, I guess, a character named Cody. Yeah, he plays Cody. And it turns out that
0: Dalton knows the band. You know, and I, I thought this was a nice little nice little twist. I, you know, it doesn't make Dalton all alone in this new place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess it
2: would make sense because you know these bands go to different places and maybe he played in New York at once at one time. But I kept thinking throughout this movie, the whole movie takes place over how much time and they always have the same band playing every night. Yeah, they're called the house band. That's a real thing.
0: So he, uh, Dalton walks in and not really impressed. We meet the bouncing staff basically, and uh, Terry Funk. Do you see Terry Funk mm-hmm. in there? Yeah, uh, a staple of eighties action
2: movies. This is the reason why he left the WWF at the time to be in this movie mm-hmm. when, to go into movies and acting.
0: When was Over the Top? I don't remember. Eighty seven. He 86? was. He, he's in Over the Top. Is he too? Yeah, yeah. Terry Funk's always the muscle yeah. in movies. I remember that for sure.
2: Hardcore legend. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So we meet
1: some of our early characters, the bartender, the waitresses, the bouncers. Yeah, the one selling drugs, the one letting in
2: underage people. And throughout the night, Dalton uh, sees all of this and he's making a mental note. Did you notice that he leaned against that pole and there was a name carved into that pole? Did you catch the name? Uh, No. It was, uh, I think it said Buddy's Place or something about Buddy. And I guess that the reason they had that there is that is Patrick Swayze's nickname, Buddy.
0: Uh, so Dalton decides, you know, he's going to do it. And so the next day he's got to find a place to live. He's got to find a car. And all of this is really super smart because he's the cooler and he's going to make a lot of enemies. So naturally he wouldn't take his Mercedes. So he goes out and he finds a clunker car and, uh, he meets Emmett when he finds a place to rent. What'd you guys think of those loft? I actually really liked that loft. I would have fucking loved to stay there. That would have been awesome.
2: A nice little summer place. Yeah. yeah. This this whole setup obviously gives us the uh, the viewpoint that he's done this before, and this isn't his first rodeo. This is, you know, he's had his car destroyed before. He knows that he needs a place where, as he put it, he can see out the windows, and the horses will alert him if somebody's coming. You know, it, he's all familiar with all of this.
1: We also, also oh, briefly, got to meet our antagonist, Brad Wesley as he does a helicopter flyover.
0: Oh, you're absolutely right. Uh, what did you think of Wesley?
2: I thought he was a great bad guy. So did I. So I, did I. I thought he just defined dick.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely very, you know, maniacal, and he was, he he was a good he was a good foil to our Dalton mm-hmm. for sure. And so
1: Tillman lays out the new plan, and Tillman says. Dalton's in charge.
0: Right. And I think this is probably my favorite scene in the movie is his introduction here. And it's everything from the dialogue. He's sitting on the railing of the stairs. He's finishing his cigarette. He walks down and he just lays it out. He just walks down and immediately goes up to Terry Funk's character and says, uh, you're out of here. And Terry Funk's like, who the fuck are you? And throughout this whole thing, he's calm, very fucking cool and collected right
2: and um i love that uh well what am i gonna do now there's always barber
0: school i thought that was a great one-liner right and so terry funks out and then he walks up to the gal who was dealing dope and he fires her and then he says uh anyone else dealing drugs and then he uh the line it's my way or the highway and he just gets right into it and he tells them the rules and the whole bit when he's telling, um, you know, the three rules, the third rule, be nice. It takes everybody off guard. Like what the fuck is he talking about? And just that whole interaction, uh, with that bartender, Steve, right. You know? Yeah. Well, what if someone calls my mama a whore is she is she? <laughs> such a good comeback. You know what I mean? Um, so I really love this bit and it ends with, you know, um, I am the cooler. You are the bouncers. Yeah, Watch you- my back and each other's, and let's take out the trash. And simultaneously, the countdown from Jeff Healy comes in to start a song, and now, bam, we're right into... First night under new management. And what I love about this movie is the action sequences of this are the bar scenes, and they're subtle, and but they're so over the top, if that makes sense. Not over the top in the sense of we have a bazillion bombs going off and someone's taking an M50 and shooting up the place, but it's isolated into kind of one area, which is the bar, but the antics that happen in the bar are so over the top. It's so enjoyable.
2: I know that we don't have really a montage sequence in this movie, but it's almost like a slow montage in that every time we come back to the double deuce. You can see that it's being repaired. You can see that people are starting to behave more. You can see, you know, like the bouncers get uniforms. You can see it evolving over time. And I really appreciated that they made sure to show us that in every time they've, you know, every time they revisited the bar.
0: And it's all because of Dalton, Mm -hmm. right, and what he brings to the table. I like in this bit, they have to, the bouncers have to install uh, Dalton's new philosophy, be nice. And so this girl gets and starts dancing on the table. And the one young looking bouncer, you know, has to go handle it. And everyone looks at Dalton and Dalton has, you know, he has to give their approval.
1: Yeah. He gives, he gives a nod. Go on.
0: (laughs) And so he goes over there and the guy pushes back naturally. And, uh, you know, he's trying to deescalate it, but he gets pushed around and then he pulls a knife. And then before you know it, Dalton's hand comes in, stops the knife, slams his head into the uh, table and says, escort this gentleman to the door. And everyone starts cheering, and then the music stops, and Jeff Healy, I love it. The name is Dalton. <laughs> this
2: is such an introduction. Did you catch that, you know, being that this is an action movie and that he's an action star, it took 26 minutes before we actually see any action from Patrick Swayze? Really? 26 minutes? 26 minutes. Wow,
0: interesting. I didn't even pay attention to that. Um, Pacing was good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, well cut.
2: Well the cut. other thing with the fights, uh, and this was on purpose from the director, and I don't know if everyone gets it, is that there was supposed to be somewhat of a comedic element to almost every one of the fights, especially all the bar scene fights, because uh, the director was going for kind of a Keystone Cops feel of kind of a gimmicky, cartoony oh, kind you, of fights.
0: Oh, you can feel it all over. Uh, like the one dude who gets hit in the face with the mug. And then the girl's like, oh, I didn't mean to throw it. You, you could definitely tell that it was going for that kind of vibe. Not taking itself
2: too seriously. I mean, there's nine major fights in this movie. Uh, a lot of action in the bar, a lot of little conflicts. I thought they were all choreographed amazingly. I, mean, I thought I loved each one of them. Each one had a kind of a different element to it.
1: We get a little sprinkling of Dalton in the car where he's swerving down the road without a care in the world. And then uh, we are introduced to Red of Red's auto parts. And why is he at Red's? Because his car got trashed the night before. And I really liked Red. I thought he was a good character to have. And then after we get done meeting Red, then Wesley shows up again. And then we get to see that, okay, there is definitely something
2: something hinky with this guy. Yeah, he's definitely a weasel. I guess the actor that plays Red, uh, I read somewhere that in all the movies that he's in, usually his character is named Red. Really? Yeah. So I just thought that was a little interesting information. Uh, Between Red and Emmett and some of these other, you know, side characters, I love the fact that they gave them, you know, some of the the greatest one-liners in this movie.
1: So when we watch Dalton doing his yoga, I'm thinking, why the hell doesn't he have any scars? I should see some badass scars on his body. Because he's he, that good.
2: I thought he had a couple little things on his back, but not yeah,
1: much. But, you know, when you look at his medical folder that he shows to Dr. Clay, you know, there's marks all over that. But I don't see anything on his body. I, I thought he should have had some badass looking scars
0: showing up here. But eh, no big deal. Uh, I dug this scene and because it just kind of shows you again how cool this motherfucker is. And he's just taking it all in and being one with nature and has a very zen feel about him
2: i think he was doing tai chi yeah i, th- I
0: think so too or some so, uh some form of it maybe
2: yeah. i just love the way that Emmett, you know looks at his car and looks at him doing this and he's thinking what the hell's up with this guy
0: yeah and i think that Emmett uh was a good character also to have in he's kind of like a red and um you know i like the bit he goes do you think a 100 dollars a month will be okay for you and you know as long as it keeps you in the good graces of the church. <laughs> so, it's a cute interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like all the towns people mm-hmm. that Dalton comes across as he's he's meeting them all. Mm-hmm. Dalton is introduced to local business magnate Brad Wesley, who effectively controls the town. His henchmen threatens Frank, and during the ensuing struggle, Dalton receives a knife wound. At the hospital, he begins a friendship with Dr. Elizabeth Dot Clay which develops into romance.
1: So at the second night of the Double Deuce, we have uh, Pat getting threatened, and uh, the bartender that he fired, uh, that Dalton fired, turns out that he is going to threaten to cut off all the liquor for the Double Deuce, and then we have a fight that ensues that leads to the knife cut. I guess the,
2: uh, the bartender is the son of the sister of Brad Wesley.
0: Or Wesley's nephew. So Dalton comes in, and he fires the guy, and this is the retaliation for it. And, you know, when he goes into the office, he knows what's up. You have these three, and i got to say, Wesley's henchmen. Flunkies. Kind of, yeah, a little bit of flunkies, right? You have the the obligated uh, fat guy in Tinker, uh, and then, you know, you have all the other guys who are kind of uh, not very memorable,
2: did Tinker remind you of Costello from Abbott and Costello? A
0: little bit. He reminded me of, a, he reminded me of, uh, what's his name from home improvement? Uh, not Tim Allen, but his buddy, Al. Al. Oh, really? Yeah. He kind of reminded me of him. Um,
1: he reminded me
2: of Chumley from Pawn Stars. There's that too. There's a scene later on in the movie where the polar bear is coming down at him that he makes a afraid noise. That is literally Abbott from Abbott and Costello.
0: Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, Dalton gets to meet the henchman and they're trying to say that the nephew gets to get his job back and And Dalton's got to go and Dalton's got to go. And Dalton doesn't see it that way. So a fight ensues and then um, all hell breaks loose and another bar fight, you know, for being the second rule, never in the bar, take it outside. Dalton's not very good at following his own rules.
2: Well, part of his rule is, Uh, try not to let it start inside, and if it does start, you take it outside. So he he does take out all, you know, he does take the fights outside. He does say unless it's absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. But is it ever really absolutely necessary? Well, this one was. They started it.
0: Well, yeah, well, I mean, they start all the fights, the clientele. Mm -hmm. You know, the bouncers in the cooler, are there just to clean up the mess. So anyways, they managed to defeat the henchman, And now Dalton is all wounded, and he's got to go get stitched up. And so he goes to he the hospital. He doesn't get
2: stitches. He gets staples. Like a fucking real man. Well, I love the fact when he makes the comment that, you know, she's like, well, do you want a local? And he's like, no, pain don't hurt. But you notice how he flinched a lot when that first staple went in? Why wouldn't you? Because pain it hurt. Well, yeah. He's just trying to be macho
0: for the nurse That's lady. What I'm saying he didn't do a great job of it. Um, what did you think of their chemistry?
1: Uh, I didn't dig it at first, but eventually I, I I warmed up to it. I I thought that it was it was adequate, but at first I didn't understand why she would go for a guy like him because they do seem very opposite. Yeah, maybe
2: she's just got a thing for people who get beat up a lot because she's a doctor.
0: That or it's Dalton. <laughs> okay, he's not a man. He's not a woman. He's just Dalton. Everybody loves Dalton. Did,
2: Even Jimmy. Jimmy loves him too. And we'll get there. Did you catch when she was going through his medical records that we find out what his first name is? No, I didn't know that. It's actually listed on his medical records as James. I guess you were talking about the chemistry. Uh, I guess Annette Benning was originally cast to be in this doc role. But Patrick Swayze had her fired because there was no chemistry between the two of them.
0: Uh, I can see that. I thought their chemistry was okay. uh, Out of all of the three leading ladies we've had so far, she's been the best. Um, So, yeah, I bought it. I didn't mind it.
1: And then we get to see uh, Wesley uh, chewing out his flunkies for failing so miserably at intimidating Dalton.
0: I love what he says to, uh, you know, he goes, um, say you're sorry. And they're all like, oh, we're sorry, boss. Yeah,
2: somebody owes me an apology.
0: Yeah, and uh, Tinker, I'm sorry, boss. He goes, that's all right, Tinker, I believe you.
2: (laughs) He's like that.
0: That poor middle guy just gets the crap beat out of him. I know, repeatedly. All of them do, really, except for Jimmy.
2: And why doesn't uh, Brad like him, the middle guy? Why? Because he's a bleeder. Oh, that's right. That's right, he says. And he's
0: weak Mm -hmm. after he knees him in the balls. Uh, We didn't even talk about Jimmy. Jimmy is uh, Brad Wesley's right hand henchman. Oh he, sure, Marshall he, Teague, his uh, enforcer, if you will. Uh, where do I know this guy from? Anybody?
1: I, I didn't find him memorable, and in, in, I know anything that else. He was a martial artist
2: before this.
0: But I remember him from and because of Roadhouse. Really, is he was in Armageddon. He oh. he's one of the uh, shuttle pilots.
2: Oh, very cool.
0: Armageddon the greatest movie ever
2: made. Bullshit. I would, I would actually, I, I, I don't know if I would call it the greatest movie, but I would say it's the greatest end of the world movie.
0: Wow, that could be a whole topic on its own. The greatest end of the world movie.
2: Mm, or the world is ending movie, yeah. Well, Same yeah, difference. Yeah. Um, I do know from what I read about this, when uh, Swayze and uh, Teague first met, they didn't like each other. Uh, behind the scenes, but as this movie got made and because they had to work so much together, just filming some of their fight scenes, like one of their fight scenes took over five days to film, they actually became very close friends after this and and stayed in touch. So as this
0: is going along and we get more and more of Wesley's goons uh, going into the double deuce and trying to cause trouble, and I think this this fight scene...
1: Well, we also find out that Red... You know, uh, Dalton shows up to Red's place and the place is trashed. It's like,
0: are you okay? Well, yeah. But He says, how much did they steal?
1: And then come to find out that everybody is paying Wesley
0: 10%. Right. And so now this is painting Wesley to be, you know, just even a bigger dick. He's an extortionist.
1: Right after this, we are introduced via phone call
0: to Wade. Because Dalton needs answers and who better to call than his mentor? And this is where we get the great Sam Elliott as Wade Garrett, who, might I add, is in this movie literally for thirty seconds. If uh, you were.
2: Five minutes. He's in a few fight scenes. Uh, two, two,
0: and yeah. he's
2: not very good at them. But he doesn't have to be the way he fights. He doesn't have to be because
0: he's Sam fucking Elliott.
2: Yeah. I, did you catch earlier though on in the movie where they mentioned Wade Garrett when they talked about you know the greatest cooler? Everybody goes, well, wasn't that Wade Garrett? Well, he was too old. Or no, when he said, "Why don't you go get Wade Garrett?" No, yeah, he says, he says, Frank I says that.
0: He says, uh, I, I need the best, and he goes, Wade Garrett's the best, and he says, Wade Garrett's old. Mm-hmm. I want you.
1: And then this is the first time we get to see the double deuce is starting to get cleaned up just a little bit because the chicken wire is gone now.
0: Yeah, and I think this leads to I think my favorite fight scene in the movie. And when the three guys walk in the knife on the shoe and he says the knife on the shoe and he says, sorry, gentlemen, we're closed. And the guy's like, um,
2: what are all these people doing here?
0: Dancing and having a good time. And he goes, well, we're here for a good time too. And he throws the kick and I know, I, Patrick he said, Swayze he oh,
2: catches it. You're too stupid to have a good time. i fucking going
0: to love that. And he, then he drags him out of the bar by the boot. And then the fight ensues. Did you, I, that's my favorite. Fight. Did
2: you catch him taking the boot off and throwing it up on the roof? Yeah. I thought that was clever, too. I thought for sure it
0: stuck into something, but I'm probably thinking of a different movie. And during this time, Dr. Clay
1: shows up, and she gets to watch Dalton be all macho tough.
0: I know, and you would think that at this point, if she wasn't going to do it, she probably should have left. I mean, that's kind of a
2: red flag, hmm. but it is his job. I got to ask one question. What do you think of the picnic like blanket dress she was wearing? Oh, I didn't pay it. No mind. I just thought it would just seem like an, maybe that was a something back in the 80s, but it just seemed out of place. It wasn't very flattering, I didn't think.
0: Well, I don't know. I didn't. It didn't bother me. No. Mm.
1: So. so they chat at a diner. And then this is where, okay, so wait. So this is after the bar is closed. So it's what, 3 o'clock in the morning?
0: Or we can maybe assume that. Because Dalton is in charge and we're kind of in a good place, he gets out maybe a little early, but we're still at like two. It's got to be like two o'clock in the morning, right?
1: Maybe they close at midnight or something because it's a weeknight. I don't know.
2: All of the people I've ever known who work at bars or does this kind of work, they wake up at like three or four in the afternoon. Oh yeah,
0: for sure. Because they don't go to work till five, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, I've done that. I've I've been that guy.
1: Um, And sure enough, his car is trashed. Again, when they get back to his car.
0: Yeah. And she's like, good night. And And she she just leaves him. She just leaves him. Yeah. Oh, and isn't this the scene where we get Jimmy and the other dude in Bigfoot? And for those of you who don't know what Bigfoot is, it's a big monster truck. It's like one of the original big monster trucks. Um, They're sitting in this big truck, and they show Dalton in the dock, and they cut back to the truck, and they're like, oh, they're going to get it, whatever, whatever. But if you're Dalton in the dock... How do you not see that big fucking truck? I don't know.
1: It's pretty obvious. You see it in the background immediately. Oh, oh, there, there's the monster truck.
2: I read yeah. I read somewhere it cost them like $500,000 to rent that truck.
0: Oh, that doesn't surprise me. You know, the excessive 80s.
2: Yeah, That and to get it fixed up from any damage it was done during the filming.
0: Wesley summons Dalton to his home and reveals his true intentions. Wesley wants Dalton to work for him to help extort money from Frank and the Double Deuce. Dalton refuses, and Wesley increases his attack on the club as well as beginning to sabotage other businesses that start disobeying him. After Wesley's henchman Jimmy Reno sets Dalton's house on fire, he kills him in self-defense, shocking Elizabeth. So Dalton's sitting on his car, just enjoying the day, and Wesley's thugs come up to retrieve him. Uh, because Wesley wants to have a conversation with them.
2: And so Dalton has to go. Do you like him jumping off the car and them taking two steps back? Yeah. They they, they flinched a
0: little bit. Yeah. I mean, that that that's classic. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, So Dalton goes to Wesley's and he notices that the blonde, I don't even know her fucking name. Um, The one that's with Wesley.
2: The one that just needs attention. Denise. Denise is
0: her name. Uh, Denise's face is all beaten up. Because I'm sure Jimmy or probably Wesley beat the shit out of her. Because she was a little too sweet on Dalton the night before. That's right. And um, Dalton notices it and then just grows more and more in contempt of
2: this guy. Is, maybe it's something that we should have added to our must-haves for classic 80s movies. It seems like in almost every 80s movie, the bad guy has to try to make a deal with the good guy. I mean, we saw it in Running Man and we see it in this movie. Yeah,
0: I mean it
2: is a common trope throughout. You almost action could, films. You could say it almost happened. I think in Cobra too, where the the Night Slasher was trying to convince you know Cobra that this is the right way to do things.
0: Eh, maybe. So Wesley offers Dalton a job, and Dalton says no. Yeah, he offers that.
1: You know, uh, and he's how much? Doesn't he say something like, "How much do you want"? And then he responds something like, there's not enough money, or there is no amount.
0: Something like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then this is also where Wesley brings up that Dalton killed a man in Memphis. And immediately Dalton gets that look of, how dare you? And um, so, yeah, Dalton doesn't want to do business with this guy. Fuck this guy. That's what he's thinking.
1: He's totally thinking that. And then uh, I, I like this little back and forth that Emmett has with Dalton about, uh, you should, uh, you know, you should do more. Well, if you were smart, you'd pitch a tent. And then Dalton, he says, sometimes I'm not as smart as I'd like to be. <laughs> and then uh, Emmett says back, you never know, son. Maybe she'll
2: be smart enough for both of you. Well, this yeah. is after their scene in the, uh, you know, in the loft the night before. Because the reason why I know that is when, you know, Emmett makes the comment of, you should pitch a tent. Julie next to me said, he just did. Yeah. Now, this, the scene with them lovemaking and all that stuff, you know, up against the wall and all that. Did you know that Kelly Lynch had to have special padding made into her dress because of the way Swayze was slamming her against the wall? He didn't look like he was slamming her. I guess the way it was filmed over and over again, she was getting bruised and pretty beat up. Did you know that Kelly Lynch's husband
0: is good friends with Bill Murray and all of his brothers? And so whenever Roadhouse is on, uh, Kelly Lynch's husband will get a phone call from either Bill Murray or someone else saying, hey, I just watched Patrick Swayze bang your wife against the wall.
2: I know. I read that. That's hilarious. (laughs) Can you imagine? No. (laughs) Uh,
0: Little trivia. My other thought,
2: too, was right after that, you see Patrick Swayze sitting out on the roof, and she comes out and joins them, and they're both naked. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, splinters. But then I was happy to see they were sitting on a blanket.
0: She was sitting. She, actually, she wasn't sitting on She a wasn't on the blanket. No, neither of them were.
2: He had a. They showed later he had a blanket underneath him. Uh, at the same time, while they're sitting
0: either on a blanket or not on a blanket, uh, Wesley is across the street totally perving on these guys, right? Yeah. So, and do you think uh, Doc knows? Because I'm pretty sure she instigates the next round.
2: Well, she, when I, at some point I noticed, I don't know if it was then or earlier, she gives a look across the way, kind of a look of contempt towards Wesley's house. And then they also had mentioned that she had been married before. So I started to think, was she originally married to Brad Wesley? Oh, I didn't
0: even put that together. I knew that they have they had some sort of a history. Yeah, but I didn't know. Yeah, because they bring up later extent. they had a history. Because I,
2: I feel like he's way too old for her. Yeah, that's the creepy thing I thought too. You that know he, what I mean? He pursued her, and he's the same age as Red, who is her uncle. Yeah,
1: yeah, and Cody drops a, a, a little message about that to Dalton that that Wesley used to have the hots for her.
0: Right, right, because uh, Cody is kind of our. Uh, our narrator, and he kind of gives Dalton the lowdown on the town and what's going on. Um, I do love the bit where, speaking of Cody and his narration, Terry Funk on that first night walks over and he says, "What's the fuck is this guy's deal? And Cody says, he's talking about Dalton after Dalton leaves. And Cody says, "Uh, you fuck with him and he'll seal your fate. He's So matter of fact about it, he's like telling this story of this gunman or this legend, you know, uh, that you've all heard of. So, and then
1: this is where we get Wade Garrett. He rolls into town.
0: He rolls into town. And what does he say? Double douche. Uh, as, uh, Sam Elliott is, uh, getting to the double douche Dalton's out back receiving the liquor delivery, getting his ass kicked. What'd you guys think of the dude? Who's just supposed to smash the bottles. I don't know. I mean, it, it it was funny. It just seemed out of place, kind of, you know. Um, he, and he, I don't know. It seemed really juvenile. Mm, take that. It, mm, take that. Right? And for being such a badass as he is, I'm surprised that they got that many shots in on Dalton because, uh, A, the entire fucking bar took their time to get out there to help him, and, B, Wade Garrett was out there and... You know, Yeah, Wait,
1: because he said, yeah, why do take a break? And he goes inside and he tells nobody.
0: Right, the driver. Well, how come the driver doesn't go get the rest of the guys? You're absolutely right. Because um, they needed to have Sam Elliott make a heroic entrance,
2: and heroic entrance he makes. I do think uh, Wade had some classic lines, especially one of them comes uh, during this where the guy says, uh, you know, something about, what do you want, Dickless. Well, I'm not going to show you my dick. And then the whole thing, uh, when he shows, you know, Dalton had talked about taking out someone's knee. And here's Wade taking out the guy's knee and hurts, don't it? That was a good looking fight, too. I really liked the way this fight looked. It looked okay.
0: I think that Sam Elliott looked slow and he just looked... I don't know, old, I guess. Okay, but, but those
1: roundhouse kicks, and then when the big tall guy grabs Dalton, and then he uses the back of his head to smash the guy's nose four or five times.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Dalton can fight. I I, I agree with you there.
2: I saw um, Wade Garrett more, not so much slow, but methodical. That he knew exactly where to throw each of his punches, and he didn't have to be fast.
0: And so now Wade and Dalton are together. Is this the bit where they go out with...
2: Yeah, Wade... Uh,
1: Wade is being taken to uh, somebody that Dalton wants to introduce him to.
0: Right. And you kind of get the sense that this doesn't happen too often. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Dalton takes Wade to meet Doc. What you guys think of the interaction between the three?
2: I loved how uh, Wade was very flirty with Doc and made a couple of lines to her. There's been accusations that this movie is very sexist and a lot of women aren't big fans of it because of it. But I just think that's the way this movie was meant to be. It's just the portrayal. These are the characters.
1: I like it when Dalton says, whatever he's telling you, I'm, fa- it's fairly sure it's a lie. It's a
0: lie. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then he looks at her and goes, it's not. Because <laughs> he had just basically said, you know, he wants her for himself. And then we get a, 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 a good... F-
1: quick little tight talk between wade and dalton about dalton kind of sort of need to be letting go of his his ghosts from his past that seems to be uh continuing to haunt him apparently for a a solid relationship
2: yeah right he kind of makes it sound like the last time that dalton had cared this much about another woman was the woman that he found you know ended up being married Right. And it
0: turns out that he uh, he killed her husband in self-defense. Right. He Um, drew a gun on him. Right. And so, yeah, he's still fucked up about that.
1: And then that night at the bar, Red's place is on fire. And what the hell kind of an explosion was that? I mean, that was one big fucking explosion.
0: Over-the-top explosions. That's what we get with an 80s action flick. I mean, it was no more over-the-top than fucking Richard Dawson blowing up out of nothing. <laughs>
1: right? Maybe it was just a bunch of chemicals for the cars.
0: I don't know. Maybe maybe Jimmy planned a bomb, but I don't know how that could happen because after the Reds place explodes... He leaves on a motorcycle. And they... No, that's...
2: uh Emmett's they go
0: back into the bar and this is my second favorite fight scene
2: regarding the explosion i read that that is the producer's trademark joel silver joel silver likes to have you know any kind of fire always has to lead to an explosion
1: so the joint is jumping everybody goes outside for the fire but the only people that go back into the bar are all of wesley's flunkies and wesley yeah Mm -hmm and then everybody else stays outside i guess
0: i guess or they leave maybe i don't know i don't know because party's when, over no well the party's just getting started because when the double douche employees get back in uh what's her name denise mm-hmm. denise puts on a little show a little pole sort of show yes indeed uh i love how wesley kept calling uh cody and the band elvis Play something, Elvis. Play something with soul.
2: Play something with balls. No, oh, that's yeah. what it is.
0: And this leads us to my second favorite fight scene. Um, so, obviously, we're having a, a measuring contest, and Jimmy gets a pool cue and he starts dancing around on the dance floor. And Going he challenges Darth Maul. And he challenges, um, or Darth Maul went all Jimmy.
2: That's a good point. Thank you.
0: Um, he challenges all the bouncers and he dispatches them kind of like a Bruce Lee movie where they're all surrounding him and he's just taking them out one by one
2: mm-hmm. um, did you kind of feel like Dalton was a little bit of a dick here for sending his bouncers in to get their asses kicked like, at first, he may not have known how good Jimmy was, but seeing him flip that pool cue around and take out even just the first guy, you know these other bouncers are going to get their asses kicked.
0: I think Dalton thought that he'd seen Jimmy's kind a thousand times, and he probably has. And, yeah, maybe they could get the pool, pool cue away from him. That's what I would do. If I had a bunch of bouncers, fuck yeah, you guys go
1: take them on um they should be going together not one at a time you know classic you know martial arts style.
0: <laughs> right so um in the meantime of course uh, the whole bar has to start fighting because dalton just can't go help him right he's got to do his own little fighting and wade starts to fight and you know Wesley is uh where can a guy get a drink around here and it's one of those things the band's playing and then jimmy does what's probably the coolest move i've ever seen ever in my life when he takes the pull cue and he pole vaults off of the bigger bodyguard and flips onto the stage and does a roll and he's all hiya we talk about over the top shit and what i loved about this movie is it takes something as simple as a bar fight right and it makes it so over the top and not and yes, there are comedic elements to it, of course, but they do a really good job of blending it with um, something that's a little bit more heavy. And my favorite bit in this fight is when Jimmy's on stage and he points at uh, Wade and he says, "You, I want to fight you." And Jimmy starts kicking his ass. Let's be real, all right? Uh, Wade's got a limp leg, and he Jimmy fucking exploits it. And my fi- and what really. You know, kind of nails this scene home for me is Jimmy goes in for the kick and Dalton catches it and then Dalton gets in like one or two pretty good fucking punches before Wesley shoots the gun. I think Dalton kicks his ass right then and there and Wesley shoots the gun because he knows he's going to get his ass kicked.
2: That's what I thought too. I thought Dalton could easily wipe his ass on that floor. Yeah. And then we have Red.
1: Red is ready to leave. He's packing up and he's leaving town. No. I love how they're talking about,
2: Tarion talking about it the one guy asks him, well, don't you have insurance? And then
1: right after that, then you get the
2: monster truck at the car dealership. Did you catch at the car dealership as the monster truck was going through um, that there was no roof on the dealership? No, I didn't even look. Yeah, so that's the way, I guess they had set it up that way so that Bigfoot could go up in the air and everything keep coming down on the cars. So yeah, if you watch it again, they took the roof off the dealership. <laughs>
0: and then Red walks up to the dude. Do you have insurance? <laughs> so it comes, the callback. I want to know, back. why is the whole fucking
1: town
2: there at the car dealership?
0: And here's what I want to know, too. Does Are there no cops in this fucking town?
2: They mentioned earlier on in the movie, he owns the cops.
0: Well, I, I would assume that, right? But, but still, there is no presence whatsoever. And this Wesley guy can walk around and blow up Red Shop, absolutely trash this dealership without any thought of consequence.
1: And, well, he says it afterwards, it's my town. But, yeah, totally bullshit, man. The whole town, they watched you trash his place.
0: Right, which makes him an over-the-top villain with uh, aspirations of world dominance. So, I mean, he could very easily be a James Bond villain.
2: Well, my one of my thoughts is, is that he's destroying the places of the people who kind of are standing up to him, yet isn't that where he's getting his money from? So by destroying these businesses, he's just cut his own bottom line. He's trying to teach them a lesson. He did bring what the Seven Eleven and the Walmart there, or and something? the
0: J C Penney's. J C Penney's
1: coming. So Wade, he tries to talk Dalton into come on. Let let's get out of here. This isn't worth it. Right. It's time to it's time to leave town. But Dalton, for some reason, doesn't want to go. He's he's got a he's got a burr under his saddle that he he can't let go of. I think yeah. we know why he
2: doesn't want to leave.
0: And and he was kind of a dick to Wade, right? You want to go, go, get the fuck out of here, but. Wade doesn't give up on him. Wade loves him. And he tries to tries to make him see, but he can't.
2: He keeps calling him Miho. Do you know what that means? Son. Yeah, it means, my. I guess, my son. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, you know, that, that father-son kind of dynamic.
0: Well, and then I started thinking about it. He's telling Doc a story that happened in 1975. In 1975, Dalton is 9, 10. Something it, like that. Is Wade Garrett
2: his father? I wonder. That's a good question. That's a point to ponder. I do know that there is a scene cut out of this movie. Uh, I guess the original movie was going to be over three hours long, according to Sam Elliott. They cut a lot of Sam Elliott's scenes. And one of them was to explain later on in the movie, you get to see a rose tattoo on Sam Elliott. And that was, I guess, some story that he tells that he was in love with, with a woman who was just like Doc and Dalton. And just like that Doc character, and somehow she got killed, and that's what led him to become this drifter, this moving on and never putting down roots, and that's why he's taught Dalton to be the same. Oh. Yeah, well, I'm glad they cut it,
0: because we don't need it.
2: It, it would have made it obviously too yeah, long. Yeah.
0: And I think overall this movie's probably 15 minutes too long, but that's just me.
1: Yeah, it, it does, it does kind of drag in a couple of spots.
0: Yeah, yeah. But not in this spot. Uh, Doc and Dalton are at, uh, Dalton's place. And they're kind of
1: fighting, bickering a little. Yeah,
0: about, you know, the town and Dalton being stubborn, this, that, and the other. And then Emmett's house blows up and uh Dalton totally parkours right out of his fucking... That was cool. Uh, it was
2: fucking cool, right? I was surprised he would caught up to that motorcycle so fast. Well, yeah.
0: He's fucking Dalton. How many times I got to say it? uh He goes in, he rescues Red before the house really blows up because where there's fire there's explosions and we see jimmy with his maniacal laugh <laughs> <laughs> on a motorcycle how much explosives can you pack onto a motorcycle well apparently enough to blow up that fucking barn <laughs> i right? thinking
1: it looks like one of those you know uh, those motorcycles you see in one of the pacific rim countries where it's stacked up with crates <laughs> like 20 feet high yeah
0: for sure and so yeah jimmy takes off on a motorcycle and fucking Dalton catches him. Superman's right off the fucking uh, top of the hill, tackles him, and now we get the fight we've been waiting for. What would you guys think of this final confrontation between Jimmy and Dalton? Well, what I heard
1: inside
2: my head was, let's get ready to rumble! This was the big buildup. This was the big fight scene, and you could tell that they put a lot of effort into it, a lot of choreography. I guess uh, Patrick Swayze... And uh, Teague, they came up with some of their own moves on their own. This is where Swayze got really injured. He put all you know his whole body into this fighting for. I guess they did this. They filmed it for over five days of fight scene, um, and you could tell that it just it was well done. Yeah, yeah,
0: it was. It was a good final showdown uh, because you know Dalton's not going to fight Wesley. That's just not a fair fight. You know, that's like Ben Richards fighting Killian. It just mm-hmm. doesn't work. We have to have wesley's proxy which is jimmy and i thought this fight was well choreographed and i I thought it was a lot of fun and you know what kind of took me by surprise is when uh when jimmy is kind of have the upper hand what he says to dalton it just kind of takes you back a little bit
2: you know what I used mean? to fuck guys like you in prison? Yeah. So what's he trying to say, really? There? <laughs> well, well, the funniest thing is uh, Teague told a story, I guess, during an interview that during the premiere of this movie, he brought his mother to see the movie. And when they got to that scene and he said, I used to fuck guys like you in prison, she stood up in the audience and yelled out, that's my boy.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's one of those lines. And so Dalton lands up kicking his ass like we all thought.
2: He would I thought he pretty much was kicking his ass for most of the fight. It was just a you know, one scene he got thrown into the tree and all that. But I had at no time did I think Dalton was gonna have any chance of losing this fight. I thought he was out fighting him the whole movie or well, the whole scene. Well, yeah.
0: I mean, you you know he's not gonna lose this fight yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. You
2: also we also kind of get to see at this point Dalton losing that cool factor. You know, he had the clever one-liners earlier on, and I think when uh i forget exactly something like about i was looking forward to fighting you or teague says something like that and he just looks back at me and goes you're such a dick yeah he
0: says you're such a fucking asshole
2: something like that and uh
0: they go at it and you know at the end jimmy loses uh, but then instead of losing he tries to he pulls a gun he pulls a gun and so what's don't gonna do
2: the death touch, the throat rip.
0: Yeah, which was foreshadowed, yeah, beat you to it, uh, from earlier in the movie. So, as soon as they said, you know, he, rip, he ripped out a man's throat, when they're rumorvilles swirling around when he's at the Double Deuce for the first time, yeah, I heard he ripped out a guy's throat. You knew it was coming back. Mm-hmm. And he fucking did it. And in front of Doc. And she runs up and she. She was disappointed. For, to say the least, right? But she just leaves. She just witnessed a fucking murder. Right. And she just leaves. But what I love about this bit, and I just thought it was kind of funny, is that uh, <laughs> Dalton takes Jimmy's body, walks out to the pond, and yells, uh, he says, Wesley, fuck you. He just <laughs> She just throws him. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, Dalton, be that fucking badass.
1: All right. So what about, okay. So now you have another building that blows up. You know, I don't see how Wesley thinks he should be able to continue on with all the, you know, two places blowing up and the monster truck going through the car dealership and he's expecting no repercussions.
0: No,
2: he owns this fucking town. Wesley gives an impression that he thinks of himself as a man's man. He's the only one that has balls in this entire town and he thinks everyone else is just weak and won't fight back. He's the the classic bully.
0: So the next day happens, and uh, Dalton's at the bar, and he gets a phone call, and it's Wesley. And uh, he basically says, You know, I'm going to flip a coin, and I'm going to kill either Wade or Doc. You can choose. Well, I don't think he says
1: kill, but you get to, you can only save one of them.
2: Yeah, you can only save one of them. Right. So I'm assuming it's implied that he's going to kill. Yeah, which kind of feels like maybe that's where the Dark Knight got it. Uh,
0: Dark. Well, I think the Dark Knight got it from Batman Forever.
2: I have to. I have to flip
1: a
0: coin. Hold on a second. I sure like to tell you how it turned out, which I thought was a nice little touch. So after Wesley flips this coin and doesn't tell Dalton the outcome, naturally, uh, Dalton's worried. And then Wade comes stumbling in, and he's been in a fight. And I like what Wade says. Yeah, there was only three of them, (laughs) you know.
2: But I think this is also to give us the uh, idea that if Wade's alive, Doc's the one that's going to get killed.
0: Yeah, possibly. And then, but this is also the moment that Dalton concedes and says, Wesley wins, man. We're out of here. You know, uh, I got to go take care of something real quick and then we're gone. Why doesn't he take Wade with him?
2: I don't know. I thought the same thing. He should have kept Wade close to him because he knows wade's in danger right so as soon as he says and there's nobody at the bar
0: and as soon as he says no stay here have a beer i'll be back i fucking knew it you know back when i saw this way back when i'm like ah they're gonna kill off fucking wade but at least they're not gonna kill off you know doc so dalton rushes down to Doc says we are leaving right now in his total you know
2: Mm -hmm. kind of a dick about uh, it
0: very much a dick about it and she was like a fuck you and b fuck you and so dalton's like oh poor me
2: but then he leaves her and he goes back to the bar
0: and then what happens at the bar i don't know why don't you tell us does he have a beer does he have two after wesley has dalton's old mentor garrett killed dalton snaps and storms wesley's estate killing most of his henchmen and ultimately incapacitating Wesley. As he tries to walk away, Wesley pulls a gun on him. Before he can shoot, however, he is shot to death by the townspeople, who deny any acknowledgement of what happened to the arriving police. In the end, the town celebrates its newfound freedom at the Double Deuce. Roll credits. And actually, before we even roll credits, it really ends on... Skinny dipping with Dalton and Doc. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Did it look like, I don't know. It looked like there was somebody sitting up on, up, up, up up on the shoreline. Do you you know who it is? No.
0: It's Cody.
2: Is it really? Yeah.
0: So he can't see what's going on, but I bet you the fuck he can hear what's going on.
2: (laughs) And and I, I feel like I have to say, probably smell it too. Why
0: they're in the water?
2: Mm. What went on before that they're now getting clean? Wow, you really took that in a weird place.
0: (laughs) Kind of did. Yeah, you're fucking weird, guy.
2: Here's the thing, though, and I know we're gonna get into talking about what just what you just read, but like Dalton kills one person, that ends the relationship. But for Doc, you kill it. You know, you witness another person getting killed, and relationships back on. Well, he saved her. He saved the town. That means more. Okay, but we'll but we'll get there. But everything's we'll there. forgiven.
0: Well, yeah, they atoned. Uh, nail that shit.
1: Um, so he so Dalton gets back to the double deuce and uh,
0: shocker. Wade is dead. Okay, first of all. You take the fucking murder weapon? I know. What are you fucking high? Are you drinking
2: too much on the job, Dalton? What the fuck are you doing? Julie and I were discussing this. Why would he put his hand on that knife and get his fingerprints on it? She brought up the point of, well, Wesley does own the police anyway, so he's probably going to be framed for the murder anyway.
0: Well, that's a good point. And he needed something to stick the accelerator down on his
2: Mercedes. Speaking of that. Did you catch something about the knife when it was sticking in the, the pedal in the car? It was
0: sticking into the pedal of the
2: car. On the end of the knife is a quarter. The quarter is showing tails. So every time he said, "Up," oh, it was tails. He was talking about the knife because that's what killed Garrett.
0: Oh, I didn't even notice that. All I all I, I did I, not. Yeah, all I noticed was the sign that was stabbed into Garrett that says it was tails. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's pretty cheeky. That fucking Wesley. So now our cooler slash martial artist. Is a hothead. And he's no longer cool. He's no longer cool. And he is turned into fucking Rambo. That's exactly what I was going to say. Or Commando. You know, this guy walks in and you don't even see him walk in because he distracts you by blowing up his own car. Which I never understood why he did that.
1: I don't know either. There
0: are a gazillion ways to distract somebody. But anyways, is what it is. So uh, Dalton sneaks into the compound and starts dispatching of the henchmen. And I thought it was kind of clever that we didn't see two or three of them. We just saw the aftermath. They were already put down. Mm -hmm. I thought they were just knocked out. But apparently, um, if you look at like a body count website for movies... Uh, they are being counted as dead bodies
2: i guess in some of the extra footage that was cut from it we get to see dalton killing those two guys oh
0: well i'm glad they didn't show it because again i don't think we needed
2: that no you didn't need it at all i think it worked better just showing them on the ground because then that creates confusion amongst the rest of them
0: yeah but who we did have to kill was the guy whose knife it was because the knife was sticking into Garrett, and we find out it was that one prick, one of his henchmen, and puts it
1: right back in his,
0: in his sheath. And uh, when it comes down to that fight, uh, you know, Dalton, the dude comes at Dalton with the shotgun. He kicks it first of all, which I don't roundhouse, <laughs> and that uh, falls down. They have a fight, and uh, Dalton lands up getting the upper hand. And the bartender who we fired was it Doug the bartender Pete the bartender anybody anyway
2: douche
1: oh 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 right douche the douchebag bartender yeah right. because Good.
0: what's her name even says you shouldn't have fired Pete the bartender yeah <laughs> Wait. it's Pat 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 the bartender um Pat the bartender gets a shotgun he's gonna shoot Dalton but Dalton moves the other dude in front of him so technically Dalton didn't kill that
2: guy he stabbed the guy first though he. The guy, I think, uh, tried to come out with the knife and he turned around and went into his gut with the knife.
0: And what did he say? Tails again. Because, you know, he's pissed. So he takes the knife out and being a proficient knife thrower, he hits Pat the bartender and Pat the bartender falls dead. And now it's a showdown between
2: Wesley and Dalton. And all I kept thinking was, this is a good setup for a sequel with, you know, now, especially you know we know Wesley's not going to make it out of it, that... Where's Wesley's sister in all of this? Maybe she's going to come into town and take over. Who the fuck is Wesley's sister? Well, Wesley mentions that he's that tired Pat because it's his sister's son. Oh. But now, her, you know, her brother gets killed and her son gets killed. Yeah,
0: well. That should have set up for the perfect sequel. M- missed opportunities, John. Missed opportunities. What does his taxidermy bill look like? <laughs> <laughs> uh probably quite a bit. I mean, he had a lot of fucking stuffed animals. A in there. lot.
2: You, I actually my brother's father-in-law has a basement that looks just like that. I, I, I think what that tells us indirectly is that
1: Wesley has no, you know, no hard feelings about killing Dalton.
2: Yeah. Killing yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah, really. Yeah.
0: So they have their fight and you like the
2: spear throwing
0: (laughs) he starts wesley starts throwing spears at dalton and you know he kind of holds his own for about 10 seconds and dalton is kicking his ass and he gets him down and he's gonna do the throat rip again did it bother you at all that he was holding his own
2: who, uh, now Wesley was, you know, the fight wasn't yeah, over. Quicker. I, mean, I mean, at some point, you're like, nah, no, there's no I, way this happens. I get it that Wesley's been shot in the, sh- or I mean, that Dalton's been shot in the shoulder, and maybe that's impacting him a little bit, but I think between his feet and his other arm, that fight should have been over a lot quicker.
1: Yeah, maybe. Okay, but how many guys has Wesley been fighting? Dalton? No, Wesley. None. Oh. None. Zero. None. And, how many has Dalton gone through? All of them. Yes. So maybe it's okay for him to be a little tired.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's what you set up when you have a uh, villain who is not physically as uh, matched to our hero. I mean, you, you do that. You throw in the gauntlet of guys to tire the hero out. So when he gets to you, you know, he's kind of out of gas. But this is fucking
2: Dalton we're talking about. And I love how Doc just shows up at the perfect time. And why was she upstairs? Was that where she came from upstairs? Yeah, she comes
0: running downstairs. Dalton, no! And Dalton relents.
2: Yeah, he had already backed off before
0: she said that. Yeah, because he knew. He's growing. He wants to be a better person. Yeah. But silly Dalton, you know Wesley has a gun. And then when I first saw this movie, this was that moment that I went, oh, that's pretty fucking cool. Uh, Red shows up and shoots him. The automobile guy shows up and, shows up and shoots him. Uh, and Emmett. him is Wesley. And Emmett shows up. And then lastly, uh, Frank. And what, is, and what does he say before he shoots him? This is our town.
2: That really felt to me like a Western ending where the town kind of... Comes out and kills the bad guy.
0: Oh, sure. Oh, sure. And then, happens a thousand times.
2: And then oh so quickly, Reg
1: grabs all the shotguns and all the rifles in it his arms. Off.
0: And then we hear the
1: police, oh, there is police in this town after all. Oh, now you're going to show
0: up. Thanks for taking the time, buddy.
2: Thanks, Cavalry. Yeah. Fucking what, a. What's his name? Tinkle? Tinker. Tinker. Uh, you're the
0: only Tinkle around here, buddy.
2: I just love when the police ask him what happened.
0: Yeah, that's that's like your favorite
2: line of this movie. Yeah, polar bear fell on me. Yeah,
1: and I guess I can take the police, since they're such buffoons with everything else. That there is a person lying dead here in a room full of people with multiple
2: shots to his body, and nobody saw anything. Huh? And Patrick Swayze's all kind of fucked up. And Patrick, Patrick Swayze shot, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, it's a mystery.
0: Well, better uh, lock it up. Uh, happy hour at the deuce boys that's that's what happened they walked in and frank's all like if you guys leave now you can make it to the double deuce for happy hour drinks on
2: the house drinks
0: are on the house for
2: any boys in blue that's exactly <laughs> how it went down
0: you're in jasper fucking missouri
2: we already know they're corrupt
0: yeah so and Frank this, probably
2: became the big boss of the town after that.
0: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he is. He's I mean, got the one with the money. Yeah, he might be he might ultimately be the bad guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just a big pissing contest between him and Wesley.
2: And, and he, he got Wesley. And killed. he got
0: Wesley out of there by hiring Dalton. Mm-hmm. You know. And then we cut to the scene we mentioned earlier about the skinny dipping. mm mm-hmm.
1: Mhm. And well, and also at the bar, the music's playing and everybody's happy and the place is all cleaned up and it, Happy ending.
0: Yeah, It did Dalton get over Wade's death pretty quick? He didn't seem too terribly broken up. I think seeing a naked woman helps. Yeah, well, boobs, man. Well, Wait, can I say that or do I sound sexist? They're amazing. I love them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Shit.
0: And that was Roadhouse.
2: Now, do you know that there is a sequel to Roadhouse?
0: There is. It was direct to video. I've never seen it. Um, I don't even know who's fucking in it.
2: Everyone, They. I think they approached everyone who was in the original one, and they all said no when they heard Patrick Swayze wasn't going to be in it. So I guess from what I've heard, the gist of Roadhouse 2 is it's his son, who basically called in back to this town to run a bar and to help get rid of drug dealers and all that. And it's revealed that he's hunting down the murderer of his father, Dalton, that Dalton was shot and killed by somebody. You don't say. So it's just, it flopped. It was horrible. Most people don't even recognize it.
0: Yeah, that sounds like something that I won't be watching. So
1: uh- it was written by the same person that did the screenplay for this movie, Hillary Hankin
2: oh really now if you don't want to watch the sequel there was also an off-broadway musical made of roadhouse have you heard the title for this mu- or for this musical i have not it is titled roadhouse the stage version of the cinema classic that starred patrick swayze except this one stars tia mack from that 80s cult classic the last dragon wearing a blonde mullet wig Oh, we have to go see it. That is the entire title of the musical. It's Timac, Timac, Last Dragon, man. We were just talking
0: about that at work. Mm-hmm. Me and my buddies we were talking about how good The Last Dragon is. And it was funny because you and I were
2: just talking about how good The Last Dragon and is. did I not fight to get it on the list? You did.
0: You did. To be fair, you did. All right. So what do you guys think? You guys are ready to rate this bitch? I think we're ready to rate this bitch. I haven't heard Last Call yet. Wait. Oh, no. And now it's time for John's my precious
2: moment. Before I go into comparing this movie to Lord of the Rings, like I do in all of our other podcasts, I thought I might actually give uh, our listeners some insight into what I look for and how I come up with my comparisons. And what I do is I actually take each of the characters and kind of give them a definition. So, like, for Frodo, he's always the main character who's on a journey. And we get to see him at his lowest point and at his highest point. Sam, he represents support and conscience. Gandalf, he's wisdom, guidance, and learning. Aragorn would be leadership. Sauron's always the big bad who wants to control everything. Sauron is always a henchman for the big bad, usually the top henchman, who's who may or may not have his own agenda. Merry and Pippin they would be our comic relief, helping our main character. The Fellowship is the group that you know aids our hero. The orcs, the group that aids the bad guy, and the One Ring or the precious is a, pop, a plot point with a corrupting impact on our hero. Once its influence is ended via being destroyed physically or metaphorically, our hero or the world is better for it. So based on all of that, Dalton is our easy pick for Frodo, and our fellowship is his team of bouncers. When it comes to Sam, as I mentioned, he represents support and a conscience to our main character. While watching Roadhouse, I felt myself leaning towards either Doc or Wade as our Sam. Doc allows Dalton to grow beyond just a one-dimensional cooler character and, in the end, helps him to find roots. On the other hand, it's Wade who is there for Dalton, having his back and being a voice of reason. I could disqualify Wade because he dies before the final fight, but it's the support that he gives that makes him very Sam-like and it's inspiration, even after his death, goes on to inspire Frodo. But actually, I'm going to give Wade a different role. I think he fits better in our Gandalf character role. In the way that he offers guidance to him, and he's the original one who put Dalton on this journey in the first place. After all, he did teach him everything he knows. And like Wade, Gandalf the Grey did die in Fellowship of the Ring. So what is the One Ring? The one ring is represented by Dalton's pride. He's good at one thing. He never loses. But he neglects to hear his own words that nobody ever wins a fight. Until the end when he spares Wesley. It's also his pride that makes him makes it impossible for him to settle down anywhere. It's in that moment where he spares the life of Brad Wesley... That he lets go of his pride and destroys the one ring and is able to make all well in his world, including staying put in Jasper. And it's Doc and Wade, who are Sam and Gandalf, who are there, who are basically the main influence that helped Dalton let go of that pride and thereby complete his journey. That is my comparison of Roadhouse to Lord of the Rings. Let's hear those grades. What about Brad? What about Brad Wesley? What's he? I thought it was obvious that he's Sauron, his little groupies are the orcs, and uh, and uh, Jimmy is Sauron the White. I give this a solid C. Well,
0: there you go. A C from the professor. Uh, I'm going to give you a C as well. Good, okay. sir. So there you go. And that was John's
2: My precious
0: moment. All right, so what do you guys think? You guys ready to rate this bitch? I think I'm ready to rate this bitch. John, you ready to rate this bitch? I am all ready. Uh, Professor, how do we rate
1: our movies? We rate our movies on a scale of one to five fucks. Five fucks is a movie that we think is cinematic gold. We are ready to watch this movie anytime. Somebody says you want to watch that? Yep, I do. A one-fuck movie is a movie where you've seen it and you have no desire to ever see it again. And what's a zero? A zero-fuck movie is a movie where somebody owes me two hours of my life back.
0: Why did you make me watch that? You know what? Fuck you. And in other words, we just don't give a fuck. All right. uh, Roadhouse 1989. You know what? I think I'll go first. Roadhouse. I remember when this movie came out, I was in the eighth grade ninth grade maybe so i didn't get to see this in the movie theater i had to rent this on vhs and roadhouse was one of those movies that you know kind of changed things for me yes it was an action film yes it had patrick swayze and at the time he's on his way up if not at the top of his career and it was just a lot of fun and i put this on my list for greatest 80s action movies because yes It's not your typical action movie or it's not the type of movie that we've been reviewing for the action movies per se. But what I liked about this movie is that it's a subtle action movie and we didn't need a bunch of big guns and too many explosions um, to get your point across. This was good old-fashioned bar fighting and the scenes that they did film in the bar, they were fun. I thought that Patrick Swayze was... Very charismatic and easily one of the coolest, if not the coolest uh, character, main character on our list of 10 movies we have here. Uh, He's definitely convincing as a leading man. Um, Sam Elliott coming in and being his mentor. I mean, just all of those scenes were fantastic when they were together. Now, here's my problem with it. I think that Roadhouse is probably about 10, 15 minutes too long. It drags in spots and it kind of can take you out of it. And really, it just kind of ends. We have this big showdown with the town villain and, you know, the inept police show up and there's really no resolution to it. We just cut to Dalton and Doc skinny dipping in a river. And as much as I would love for that to be my ending scene in life, um, I just felt like it it just kind of abruptly ended. So, looking at the criteria of what we have for our '80s movies, uh, did this have a hero with uh, quotable one-liners? Absolutely, Patrick Swayze for sure. Was uh, Brad Wesley an over-the-top villain? I'd like to think so. There wasn't any montage scenes, and there wasn't really any over-the-top chase scenes, uh, but we did get plenty of of, of explosions. Uh, the epic were there epic fight scenes? Uh, yeah, every time they were in the fucking bar. The speech and monologue by the villain, yep, Wesley was very monolog The final showdown between Dalton and Jimmy was entertaining. And the old crap death, a throat rip. Yeah, that was pretty fucking awesome. Around the 90-minute mark, yeah, well, like I just said, we're about 10, 15 minutes too long. It doesn't really have a high body count. It has eight. So either way, I still think it's a fun action movie. Uh, I like this movie better than Cobra. And I like this movie better than The Running Man. So for that reason, I am giving Roadhouse 3.75 fucks. No shit. No shit. All
2: right, fuck faces. who wants to go next? I'll go next. Does Roadhouse, a.k.a. Roundhouse, deliver on our must-haves for a classic 80s action movie? And I know, Don, you just went down the list, but I'm going to go down it as well. A strong hero with quotable one-liners. We do have a strong hero, but I did find, compared to some of the other movies, that the one-liners were a little bit lacking in this movie. They were good, but they're not as memorable as the other movies we've watched. A crazy level super villain that only our hero can beat. Well, if money and being a dick is a superpower, Brad checks that box. Chase and fight scenes. We had nine unique Fight scenes in this movie that weren't just, you know, the bar, quick bar scenes, but actual well choreographed fights. And I thought they did really well with those. A villain speech? Well, Brad and Jimmy both kind of had their moments, both kind of had their, you know, their little speeches. And I thought they were okay, they weren't spectacular. A final showdown? It feels like the movie should have kept Jimmy, you know, made that fight a little bit more and last a little bit longer or made it kind of even a little bit more build up. Even though it was a great fight scene, Jimmy didn't seem to put up as much of a fight as I would have liked to see. And the actual fight between Wesley and Dalton felt forced. It felt like Dalton should have had that fight over right away. Now an oh crap scene for our bad guy. The throat scene... Definitely, oh crap. The town folks coming together to kill, you know, the Wesley bad guy was another kind of somewhat oh crap. It was kind of had seen it coming, but it was a nice touch. Franchise potential. I could actually see this movie being a spin off TV show, and I'm surprised that we haven't seen it return in some kind of streaming fashion. It did have a movie sequel that failed due to the fact that nobody wanted to return for it. And coming in at 114 minutes, I'd say I'd have to agree with you, Don. It did seem a little bit long, like they could have cut out about 15 minutes sounds about right. Roadhouse gives us a view of an action hero in the form of of a philosopher fighter and gives us that Western feel. Swayze showed that he has potential as an action hero with possibly the greatest hair in 80s action movie history. This movie was a fun ride, but I found myself kind of wanting, you know, after the first time I'd seen it, now that I, I know what happened in the movie, I found myself kind of wanting to fast forward to the point where Sam Elliott shows up, and then I felt myself checking out after he was killed off, because Sam Elliott is one of my favorite characters in this movie. If you're craving more of a fighting and a less shooting action flick, I feel like Roadhouse is a good choice for you. So for all those reasons, I'm giving Roadhouse three fucks, and that's because I enjoyed it more than Cobra, but I still have to give the edge to Running Man. Three fucks from the comic
0: book guy. All right, Professor, you're up.
1: I think that Roadhouse is a fun watch, and I really enjoy the first part of Roadhouse, if... If were on and I was uh, bumping through the channels, I would stick around for the first half hour 45 minutes of the movie and it languishes after that I really dig Patrick Swayze in this role, I think it's probably probably my favorite role that he does and he is a great character in, in Dalton throughout the movie But and every bit as uh, fun is having Sam Elliott in the movie I really love sam in this role he is an older slower version of dalton but i am grateful that the two have each other and i feel like that their relationship comes across well in the movie the uh the the character of doc i understand it feels uh sort of having her in there uh, i i don't want to say formulaic necessary but i i feel like that that she is in there to help him to see that he should be settling down in his life a little bit. And maybe he'll actually stick around instead of being sort of a a drifter, if you will. And other than that, uh, as the movie goes on, by the time we get to halfway through the second act or so, uh, you know, Oh, another explosion. And then, Oh, of course the car explodes too. It's, by the end of the movie, it, it feels rather comical, the, the way that the movie ends. And I was kind of sort of thinking, that's why I never watch this movie to the end, is because by the time we get to the end of the movie, it's sort of an old brother for me. I really dig uh, the double deuce uh, concept of a dive bar that gets itself cleaned up. And I thought that the uh, you know the premise of the story works well. But just having this, you know, maniacal bad guy is just like, all right, I guess I get why that's here. But for the most part, you know, it's an enjoyable watch and it's not necessarily going to be something that I go look for a lot. Because like I said, by the time, you know, it it drags and by the time we get to and it's another explosion. I find myself thinking, okay, so it's it's pretty good, but I, I don't like to stick around for the whole thing per se. I'm going to give this movie three fucks.
0: Three fucks from the professor. So with 3.75 fucks from yours truly, three fucks from the comic book guy, and three fucks from the professor, it gives us an average of 3.25 fucks.
2: That is now our new leader. Running Man had
0: three fucks, I believe. That feels right. I think so. Hey, professor.
1: Yes, sir? Do you know who did the music for this? I didn't pay uh, well, the Jeff Healy band. No, the score. Oh, the score. No. Michael Carmen. Who's Michael Carmen? Or, or how about this? What else do I know Michael Carmen for?
0: Lethal Weapon. There is the tune in Roadhouse oh, that no I shit? think is directly lifted from one no of the le- shit lethal where? Weapon. where. Oh fuck, it's all over the it's all over the movie.
1: I I never got a Lethal Weapon vibe.
0: Really? Out of the music? That's the first thing I uh-uh. fucking thought of. No. I was watching it going, I bet you a hundred bucks fucking professors going, oh, this is fucking Lethal Weapon.
1: Shit, now I got to, okay, now I want to watch it again only for that. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know it's definitely during the Tai Chi, and I know that it's when he's uncovering the Mercedes for the first, first time. time. Okay. Um, you'll, as soon as you hear it, you'll go, oh, yeah, he's fucking right. <laughs> so... There you go.
2: I didn't catch it, but I guess there was also music lifted from Die Hard and put into this movie.
0: Yeah, I think it might be the same music. Is it? I think so. Because Michael Michael Carmen, I believe, did Die Hard as well.
1: No shit. Well, it's in the same time frame 87, 88,
0: 89. Yeah. All right. That is going to wrap it up for this episode of Three Guys in a Flick. I just want to thank Zach, Ronnie, and Jill for always listening. Can I thank them too? Yeah, go
2: ahead, buddy. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Ronnie. Thanks, Jill. Uh, Hey, John, where can they find us? If you'd like to listen to some of our other great podcasts or find our show notes, movie trivia, other information we decide to post, go check out our website at threeguysinaflick.com. We're also available anywhere that hosts podcasts and all of social media all right if you are curious to know which 80s action film we are going to be
0: reviewing next be sure to check out our website and anywhere that we have social media for three guys in a flick i'm don i'm john and i'm
1: ken thanks for listening and be nice
0: I'm going to say I fucking nailed it on that one. But you guys aren't listening to me, so that's fine. About what?
2: You totally (laughs) nailed it.
0: You guys fucking suck. You both have wasted enough time talking about nothing. Wait, did we decide on a quote?
2: thought you just read it like eight times. Hey, careful.
0: Watch your tone.
1: Avoid the pain.
0: Be
2: nice.
1: All right, let's jump in. Okay, just making sure.
0: One more thing. Motherfucker. Kind of like Dynamo had his pants on. (laughs) Yeah, I don't trust anything you say. I just want to yell. Shut the fuck up.
2: All right, I think that... So... What, motherfucker? Fuck off. Just one last little thing I wanted to kind of leave you guys on. Did you know that uh, Patrick Swayze and Ben Garzara both died of pancreatic cancer? Did you know that Ken had a sandwich for lunch today? I did. What kind of sandwich?
0: It was a turkey sandwich. (laughs) Nice callback, boys. All right, fuck off. Good night.